0: you're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. I am almost in my third trimester of this pregnancy. Like, How did that even happen? I think I have about one week left of my second trimester and I'm just like, okay, wow, that went by really fast, but also really slow at the same time. And the third trimester just, it's just making everything feel so much more real to me. Um, So we're going to be meeting with our doctors here in the next month to really solidify our birth plan. And for those of you who haven't heard my birth story before, I will be sharing it on this year's Mother's Day episode where we put together a collection of women from our community's birth stories, and I thought it would be, I shared it once before, but I thought it would be fun to share it again this year since I am getting ready to go through the experience again, Um, but I ended up needing to have a C-section with my first baby, and so With this baby, we're really going to try to do a V-back, but he seems to be measuring on the larger side. Nora was 10 pounds and 24 inches long. She was also two weeks late, um, and so we're concerned that we're going to have just another giant baby, Um, and so... We, I don't even know what's happening. I don't know what the plan is. And so there's just a lot of uncertainty happening around this uh, delivery, which I know is pretty common with every pregnancy, right? There's a lot of uncertainty. That's part of what makes it so scary. But I just, I'm the kind of person who needs a plan. And I really, I really just need a plan. I need to know what the plan is. So I will keep you posted on that. Stay tuned. But for today's episode... We are about to get a master class from our guest, like we're going to be completely schooled and I hope you have a notebook and a pen to take notes because this episode is going to give you all the information that you need to know about email funnels I'm so excited for this one. This is our last episode in our month of spring cleaning our business, and we have talked about so many different ways to get your business clean and tidy and super organized, and email funnels is the little cherry on top because this is going to help change the game for you so, so much. So I'm going to jump into my highs and lows really quickly, and then it is time to go to school with our guest. I'm so excited. Okay, so highs for this week. My husband's 40th birthday is coming up this weekend. I can't believe I am married to a (laughs) 40-year-old. It makes me feel really old, even though I'm younger than him. But I'm just like, oh my goodness, he is going to be 40. And I am so excited. I love birthdays. So I have been in full-on planning mode, planning all kinds of surprises for him and I cannot wait to celebrate him and just make his birthday as special as I can. You know, Forty, I feel like it seems like he's not super excited about it, which I can't say that I would be either. Um, but I want to just make it like really special and, and positive for him because is a big deal and he's in a really good life place, so why not celebrate? Um, So that's definitely been my high for the week, just getting everything ready for his birthday. My low for the week, and I can't believe I didn't talk about this on last week's episode, so I'm going to share it today. Um, (laughs) I shared it on my Instagram stories a little bit, so if you saw that, you may have already heard the story, but I had to get my blood work done for my glucose test, right? And it's that time in my pregnancy. And so let me just preface this with, I don't do well with needles. Like I am not, and it's not even necessarily the needles. It's more so the blood and the veins and the thought of the blood coming out of the veins. It really, I have a really hard time with it. Um, I never I'm good at getting my blood drawn. I always get anxiety, and it's hard for me. And so, I kind of knew what to expect going in. And I drank my drink, my drink, and um, for the glucose test. And it, you know, I I didn't eat. They told me not to eat like an hour before I drink the drink, and then you have to wait an hour to have the test. So I was like two hours on no food, which for a pregnant person that is not fun. Um, and so between the fasting and the drink, I felt, you know, I just felt like a little woozy already. Um, And then anxiety of the blood draw. So I go into the lab and they told me I didn't need an appointment. You know, it was a timed thing. So they would make sure they got me in on time. And I got there like 20 minutes early and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And all of a sudden it's like one minute until the time that the blood needs to be drawn. Right. And they were very clear on it needs to be done exactly an hour after you drink this drink, like to the minute. It's like, okay, so it's one minute until this is about to go down. And I'm like, they still haven't called me back yet. So then next thing I know, it is the time. Like it is time to get my blood drawn right now. So I go into the lab. I was out in the hallway waiting and I, I said, excuse me, um, I need to get my blood drawn like right now for my glucose test. Like right now is the time. And they're like, oh, okay, you're good. You're good. Uh, We have five minutes on either end, like of a little bit of leverage. And I'm like, okay, but... Now it's already one minute past the time, so am I going to get called back? And as I was saying this, a uh, phlebotomist was coming out of the room with another pregnant girl who had just done a blood draw on, and she sees him and says, she needs her blood drawn right now, get her back in that room. And so he frantically rushes me back in the room that he just finished drawing someone else's blood in. And he says, sit down on the chair. I'll be right back. And I'm thinking my like anxiety is so peaked. I'm, I don't like blood. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, someone just had their blood drawn in here. There's no way he like wiped down this chair or properly cleaned this room. And so I just started like spiraling. And if you have anxiety, you know that feeling like when your gut drops and I just started sweating. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? So he comes back in the room and I'm like, Oh, I didn't sit down on the chair. Do you need to like wipe that down or anything? He's like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I need to clean this room. I need to clean this room before we can draw your blood. At the same time, like time is a tick-in on this timed test I'm supposed to be having done. So I just like start getting tunnel vision. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And he's like, you know what? I don't have time to clean this room. Come to this other room. It's clean. And so he like rushes me over to this other room. So on top of my anxiety and fasting and all of that, I'm already just like in a horrible, horrible headspace. And so I sit down in the chair and, you know, he can see that I'm kind of freaking out. And I told him, I'm just anxious. I don't like blood. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay. He starts drawing the blood and he goes, it felt like forever. And he's like, okay, one tube down, five more to go, which was not helpful because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, this blood is just pumping out of my arm. So I'm sitting there, I'm doing the best I can. I'm like taking deep breaths with my mask on, which is not helping anything. And, you know, I'm trying like all my anxiety tricks that I know. (laughs) And I'm sitting there just like, all of a sudden, like the tunnel vision I had before just gets intense. Like everything starts going black. And he must have seen that I didn't look that good. Cause he's like, are you okay? And I told him, uh, yeah, I just feel a little bit dizzy. He's like, you're dizzy? Oh, okay. And he like rips the needle out of my arm and he's like, "Okay, take some deep breaths, take some deep breaths." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. We're done." Like right in the nick of time. And he tells me, "Well, unfortunately since you got dizzy, I I had to stop the blood draw and I didn't get everything I needed, including the glucose test." And I looked at him like, "What? No. This needs to happen today. I'm not doing this again. Like I need to have this glucose test done today." We're way past the time at this point. So I'm like, I don't even know if you can still do it. He's like, no, we're still good. We're still good. Dude starts to draw blood from my hand. Not my other arm, my hand. And I'm telling you, that was the most painful blood draw I have ever had. And I don't think the blood draw hurts. Again, it's not the needle. It's the actual, like, blood coming out, right? So not only did it hurt so badly... He's pushing on my hand and making these like grunting noises like, uh," like I didn't look, but he was like trying to force this blood out of my hand. Awful. The most awful, awful, awful experience of my life. So anyway, he finished, he got what he needed They made me sit in the room for a while. They had someone else come in and she was like, I'm so sorry, like he's new here. And I saw you uh, in the waiting room and I saw what happened. And I just want to assure you, we clean every room between every blood draw. He just, he was in a rush and he didn't know. And oh my gosh, it was a mess. And so now I have a giant bruise on my hand, like almost two weeks later. And uh, I'm scarred for life, (laughs) I'm scarred for life. The good news is my glucose test came back. Uh, negative. So I'm good with that. And I don't have to do that again. But oh my goodness. So yeah, that was a little story time. But that was my low, my big low, hopefully for a while, because that was not fun. But okay, enough about me and all of this. We need to get into this episode today. I am so excited to have had a conversation with Allison Hardy. She is an email funnels and lead generation coach who helps busy mompreneurs sell more of their programs on autopilot so that they can live more of their life. And you know, we love that around here. And Allison is just, she's a genius with this. I mean, everything that she said made so much sense and is going to teach you how to start creating email funnels in a way that's going to connect with your leads without sounding skeezy or pressury or salesy. And she shares her story on why she got into email funnels in the first place, which is really beautiful and I think a lot of us can relate to. Not to mention, she also shares the best hot mess moment we have had to date in almost four years on the Boss Ladies and Babies podcast. The best hot mess moment. I was speechless. I was laughing. I was in complete and utter shock. So you are going to love this. Hang out till right after this quick break and we will bring Allison onto the show. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet Shauna Sutcliffe, certified holistic yoga therapist. Shauna Sutcliffe is a yoga therapist specializing in desk bodies. Okay, we could all use her help, right? She helps people release tension and recover from chronic and injuries or simply regain joy and mobility in their lives and bodies. She offers public classes or personal one-on-one sessions. Shauna uses a variety of tools from yoga aerial swing to therapeutic yoga, self-massage, and KT taping. Her Yoga Desk Bodies class is online every Wednesday at noon, and there are a variety of other classes in person and online that she offers. Shauna is offering a free first class to our audience. You can email her at Shauna S H A U N N A at Gmail.com or contact her through her website at risingtidewellness.org. Mamas, are you searching for your community? Are you still searching for your village? I was feeling the same thing when I became a mom and decided that I wanted to continue to be an entrepreneur. So I felt called to change this and created my own safe space for boss ladies with babies. And I don't just mean infants. Our children will always be our babies. That is a place full of support, resources, and community to help each other break the mold, create a new culture, and make our biggest dreams come true all while being the mama that we've always dreamed of. Boss Ladies and Babies Headquarters was created for you. This is a community where you can come as you are, share your goals, share your dreams, share the highs and lows of business and motherhood and everything in between, and be fully supported by a community of women who understand you and what you're going through. Boss Ladies and Babies Headquarters is full of education, support, accountability, inspiration, and most of all, connection with other women. Check out the link in the show notes to become a member of Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters today. Your village is waiting. Hello, Allison. Welcome to the Boss Ladies and Babies podcast. Hello, Megan. Thank you for having me. Yes, I cannot wait to dig into our topic today because we're going to be talking all about email funnels and I get the feeling that we're about to get a major lesson from you. I'm so excited, but before we get into it, please introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady, anything you want us to know about you.
1: Yeah, so I'm Allison Hardy. I live in Arlington, Virginia, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. It's a fast-paced, busy life, but I love it. Um, I live with my husband. We have two kids, uh, Camden, who is eight, Nora, who a force of nature and it's four. and uh, we love baseball. We love being outside. We love craft beer. Um, I help busy mom entrepreneurs basically automate and systemize their business so that they can live more of their life. So a lot of my clients come to me and they're in that Feast or famine cycle. They're seeing these really big months and these really small months, and you can't seem to get their income consistent. They're either, you know, trading dollars for hours or on the live launch roller coaster. And so what I do is I really help them to steady everything and just calm down, implement systems, implement automations to make their income and their impact consistent and scalable.
0: Yes. And we love that around here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such an important thing for us to look at as business owners and moms, because, you know, we have to enjoy our lives too. And we can't just be running around worrying about our business all the time and burning ourselves out. And so this month on the podcast, we've been talking a lot about, you know, spring cleaning our businesses and, you know, getting things in place to make business a lot smoother and a lot uh, easier to operate so that we can enjoy time with our families. And Last week, we had somebody come on talking all about systems, but one of the things we haven't talked about yet, which you are an expert in as well, is the email funnel. And so let's, let's kind of start there. And for anybody listening who doesn't know, what is an email funnel and why is that important for us to have?
1: Yeah. So an email funnel is an automated email sequence of, of emails that get delivered to your lead, your person inside of it over a period of time. So it can be anything from three emails, 10 emails, 45 emails, however you want. And it is delivered in a a frequency that you dictate. And the point, the function of it is to basically provide a launch experience for that person inside of the funnel without you actively launching. So theoretically, if you're getting just, just say one person in your funnel, every single day, you are launching to one person every single day. And that's how you can turn your business into a a money-making machine without you actually actively doing the work.
0: Yeah. So you can be, you know, playing with your kids or spending time with your family and making money and growing your business, right? That's happy. Yeah. Perfect. So Okay. I know that when I was first getting started with email in general, it was really overwhelming to me. I Mm -hmm. didn't really understand. Like, first of all, I, I didn't understand that you could automate these things and, you know, just like run your business on autopilot like that. And I didn't know that there were a ton of resources out there to make this emailing so much easier and so much more impactful so for someone who's new to the world of email marketing and email funnels can you share some of your favorite tools out there that can help make these funnels happen and create this
1: yeah so first you need an email crm so that's a piece of software that actually s- houses the emails and then sends them for you so my favorite is convert kit that's what i use um, Most of the paid for email subscriptions can create email funnels. It's usually a functionality you have to pay for. Um, It's usually not a lot. It's like $25 a month, nothing crazy. Um, But usually the free ones don't have email funnels unless I'm totally not understanding certain things, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. (laughs) Um, So you need an email funnel software, a piece of software. So again, ConvertKit is my favorite. And then the second piece of software I would recommend you have is deadline funnels. So what deadline funnels does, and this is like the thing with a lot of people with funnels is they, they want to be true in what they say inside of the funnel, which yes, as we should all be true and, Mm -hmm. and keep that integrity. Um, so like when the pitch sequence happens, so let's say you open up the cart for a lead for your program and you offer them a five day open cart period, what deadline funnels does is actually takes that timeline and And makes it true. So on day number six, let's say someone goes into their email and opens up that very last email that you sent on the day number five and says, click here to enroll. If they click there to enroll, they're actually not going to be able to enroll because Mm -hmm. the timer has expired. So deadline funnels creates timers and it syncs your sales page with your pitch sequence and makes it so that you're actually staying true to your word with what you say inside of the funnel.
0: Okay. And that just takes another step out of it as well. So these tools are there to just make things easier. Maybe there's a learning curve at the beginning when you're getting set up, but there's definitely just steps that are going to make everything easier in the long run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And everything you have to learn, you have to learn everything. You have to learn how to use Instagram when you first started Instagram. So yeah, there's going to be things that you have to learn, but every email software and deadline funnels has tutorials. They usually have a Facebook group you can go in and ask questions to. Um, And it's a great, they're there to make sure that you're happy with the software. So they're going to provide you with trainings and services. A lot of them have live chat. If you're really stuck, you can chat with someone. And so, yeah, you are going to have to learn something. Yes, there is a little bit of tech involved, but think about the ROI that's on the other end of that.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think that's one of the biggest objections that I hear from people when they don't have some kind of email system in place is that they're they're kind of intimidated by it, right? Like, you know, we get all these emails in our inbox all the time from people who are selling things to us and they have these beautiful emails. And, you know, it just seems like it's coming from this person and they were intimidated by it because we feel like that's so out of reach for us. But leaning into these tools that are out there, can make you be that person in someone's inbox. <laughs> yeah. And like,
1: also like thinking about that, what you just said, if if you're looking at someone's emails and you're like, wow, these are really amazing. And you become intimidated by them. I would argue you need to reframe that. And what you need to say to yourself is, that's really cool, I'm gonna do that. Like, that's how I'm gonna approach things. Or um, make sure that you're understanding like where they're at in their business. If they have a million dollar business, and you're hovering around 50k a year that's awesome and good for you you can't expect to be at that level you're just not yet you will be eventually one day but you're not so look at it from a place of inspiration instead of lack and scarcity
0: yeah definitely and just you know getting started start with like putting out a couple emails and see how it feels. You know, I, I just, I have such a hard time because I can relate to this at the beginning of my businesses with people telling me like, Oh, I don't have email. Cause I don't know how to do it. Or I'm afraid to do it. Or that's out of reach for me. And until you actually try, you don't know what can come from it. And it really is such a powerful, powerful tool.
1: Yeah. And if you have an online business, you need to learn email marketing. Like it's really a non-negotiable at this point. Yeah. So Learn it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't, if you just like totally overwhelmed, like I was really overwhelmed with deadline funnels when I first started. I was like, I have I know I need this. I know this is a smart move. I have literally no idea how to get started. I went on to Fiverr and I had I hired someone for an hour. I had one hour. I paid them, I think like $40. And they got on Zoom with me and showed me how to set it up. And then I was like, Okay, now I get it. It was like the easiest $40 I ever spent in my entire life. And now like I teach other people deadline funnels because that person helped me get started. Once I got started, I then was like, oh, well, that's not this hard. Oh, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. It was just the getting started. I needed to help with.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that, how did you get into all of this and how did you become a pro in the systems that you teach and the email funnels that you teach? I
1: am my ideal client. So there was this period of time where uh, I had a newborn, Nora was very little Camden was, so he's five, four and a half years older than her. So he was four and a half at the time. Do needed a lot of his mom. He had, he had been an only child for four and a half years. We rocked his world with Nora and she was, she's like I said earlier, she's a force of nature. And um, I realized I had a very full home life and I, I had to make money. I still had to produce income. And so I was like, what do I need to do? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I need these things that I do live. I need to replace myself in my business. And so, you know, I tried to find a program that would teach me how to do this and I couldn't find a program. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create this program, but first I'm going to become this program. So I'm going to do this work. So I got super nerdy and I was like, all right, let's Let's figure out the Facebook ads. Let's figure out organic lead gen. Let's talk about an audience growth system. Let's get into email funnels. And I kind of developed my own like proprietary system that I wash and repeat every single day, week, month. And then I teach my clients to wash and repeat every day, week, and month. I love that.
0: I love that so much. And I just have to say, because people are probably listening, like, realizing this, that both of our daughters' names are Nora. I love it. I
1: Yes. When you messaged me on Instagram and you told me your daughter's name is Nora, I'm like, well, we're friends now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know exactly. And our new baby, they're going to be about four years apart. So oh, yeah. Nora's world's about to be rocked too. <laughs> oh, man. So oh, <laughs> man! No, but I love your story. And I think that, you know, that's just so inspiring because so many of us, have been there. Like we see a need for ourselves in our businesses and that's how we got into what we do. And so I love that so much. And, and look at you now, <laughs> look how I mean you've grown so much in that time. How long have you been doing this? Uh, I have
1: had this sort of focus for about three years. I felt comfortable, like starting to teach it about three years ago. And then now I have a program. Um, and that's, that's the only program I have and that's all we do. Awesome.
0: I love it so much. Okay. So let's kind of talk a little bit more about these funnels. So we've got our standard email funnel, which we just kind of talked about. And then I've also heard you talk about habit-based email funnels. So tell us more about this and like what the components of a habit-based email funnel are and how we create one. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that first very first couple of emails are usually a nurture sequence inside of your email so someone downloads your lead magnet you know the free thing you're advertising they put their name into a form they put their email address into a form and the promise is that you deliver them this amazing free resource right so that kicks off the nurture sequence after that email you're going to deliver a series of emails over a week Two weeks, four weeks, whatever you want to do, that nurture the relationship with that lead, that person inside of that funnel. So it's going to develop the know, the like, and trust factor. You're going to start some conversations with them. You're going to maybe send them some of your pieces of core content. I like to have video inside of those funnels because I think video is really powerful and I like video. I like consuming video and my people generally like consuming video. Mm. So it's a curated kind of experience to get to know you your business, to give them some wins, and to get them to become a a fan of yours by by helping them. So after that, you want to eventually pitch them, right? So the goal here is for you to eventually say, hey, I can help you get better results through this offer that I have for you that I'm only making to you right now. But before you do that, you got to qualify them for the pitch, Because you can't sell to someone who doesn't know about your program Mm -hmm. and you can't sell to someone who doesn't have the pain point that your program solves. So sales get weird or slimy when that happens. And so in order for you to avoid becoming that online marketer that none of us enjoy being marketed (laughs) to by, you're going to introduce a habit-based automation. So what this does, it's a piece of content. I'm a huge fan of a video here that is very, very, very specific to the pain point that you solve in your program. And so the title of it is going to be like pain point focus. And I know like we all don't love talking about pain points all the time, Mm -hmm. but In this instance, it works. And you need to help them understand that you actually do get it. You understand where they're at. You know that this is what they're experiencing. And so you're going to tell them that you understand that. So it's going to be like, the piece of content is going to be like the number one thing needing to know and solving the pain point that you solve. And so what you're going to do in that piece of video is you're going to serve them really, really, really well. You're going to like give them the best piece of content you have. You're saving the best for last. And you're going to help them start to walk through their pain point, solving the pain point. You're not going to give away all the goods because then you're going to validate invalidate the need for your program. Mm-hmm. So you're going to talk about getting them started. And then in that video, you're going to transition and say, you know what? I can help you do this faster, better, quicker, whatever the thing is that your program does through my program. And you're gonna make them an offer inside of your program. And so that does the two things, right? And it validates the need for or it ensures that they have the pain point and it talks about the program. So then what that click does once they watch that video, it's a trigger inside of your email, inside of your email marketing system that removes them from that sequence, that, that funnel. And puts them into that pitch funnel Mm -hmm. because they've done the work to qualify themselves as ideal for the pitch
0: perfect so they are making that choice to continue forward and to continue consuming from you rather than you're just that person who keeps popping up in their inbox when they want nothing to do with you right
1: right and that's um a lot of people think that funnels feel robotic or spammy or impersonal and it's because you've probably been marketed to by a funnel that doesn't have a habit-based automation in it. Mm -hmm. And so you don't like that. And most people don't. So what the habit-based automation does is again, it makes sure that they're actually qualified for the pitch.
0: Yeah. And if they don't click on that and they don't want to move on to the pitch, do they drop out of your funnel at that point? Or do they kind of stay on there just for like other things? Yeah. You could
1: do a couple of things. So, um, I usually advise like three, three things. So number one, once they get that piece of content and they don't consume it, they could go into like a 90 day bigger nurture sequence that maybe talks more explicitly about the program to kind of educate them a little bit more about the program. Mm -hmm. The second thing you could do is you could put them into a pitch sequence. So you could see like, maybe they're just not video people, you know, maybe, or maybe it just was delivered at the wrong time. So you could send them into the pitch sequence that works. Sometimes it doesn't work sometimes. So again, a choice, or you could just roll them off out of a funnel and they're just on your general mailing list. And maybe they get your newsletter once a week or however you operate with your, your general mailing list.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, I really like that. That's putting the power into the subscriber's hands of what they really want to see, because that's another objection that I hear a lot of times. And I know that you kind of touched on this, but people, you know, they don't want to come off as pushy and salesy and that, I mean, for a lot of us asking and making a sale can be hard. That's a really strong skill that we have to work hard to learn. And so, you know, we know what it feels like when we're getting these emails in our inbox, when it's like, I don't even care about this. I want nothing to do with this. And I don't want to pressure my clients. I don't want to be that person in their inbox. And so this seems like probably the number one way to avoid coming off as, you know, skeezy and salesy. What other things can we do to make sure that we're staying authentic and we're not pressuring our leads?
1: Yeah, great question. So I think it also comes back to the intention of the funnel. So if you're going to pitch someone eventually a program that you have, I think you should tell them that in the fairly like early parts of the funnel, it's just like on a webinar, right? So let's say you're attending a a live webinar and the person is talking about this, you know, system that they have, they're helping you and they're they're helping you to see results and see what's possible. Then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, buy my program, Mm -hmm. it's awkward, right? It Mm -hmm. kind of seems like a beat and switch. So the way you aren't slimy on a webinar is you seed your program throughout that nurture part, right? You say in the very early part, I'm your name. I do this through this program that I have. It's called this, uh, in like the points you're making, let's say it's like a five-step process with each one of your five steps. You're talking about, Oh, I have this client in name of program. She did this in this part. And this is the results that she saw. So you're like seeding it. Right. So that when the pitch does come, your people know about your program and they're not like getting blindsided same thing in your nurture sequence. Mm -hmm. So you can talk about your program. You're not going to pitch your program in the nurture sequence, but you can say, Hey, so this snippet, this video that I'm going to share with you today, it's taken from name of my program. It's not the whole thing, but I'm going to show you a five minute video. And what this is going to help you do is X, Y, and Z. So you're seeding the program throughout your lead. is going to know the name of your program. By the time they get to that habit-based portion, Uh, they're probably going to know a little bit about what your program does. And they're probably going to be thinking about the program so that when they get that content delivered to them, when they get put into that pitch sequence, after watching the habit-based trigger, it's not skeevy. It's not slimy. It's like, Oh, right. This is that thing she's been talking about all the time. Okay. Let's learn more about what that is.
0: Right. And they're probably excited because they're hearing you talk about this, like, you know, even subconsciously, like they're, they're recognizing it. They're starting to understand it and they want to know more. And so then I feel like they're likely more inclined to click on that last email to move into the pitch sequence than if they had never heard about the program the whole time. And then all of a sudden you're like, here's a video from this program, check out more here. They're going to be like, what? (laughs) That's not why I was here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it just makes it, you know, it it primes them for the pitch. And I think, like, I started, I was, I've been full time in my business for six years, and like six years ago, that worked. The kind of like blindsiding, being switched, worked. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work anymore. People are smart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or where we consume different, we consume content differently. We're smarter about how we're marketed to in the online space. Mm-hmm. So, I think it just it just works right now. In five years, I'm anticipating that probably won't work anymore as marketing changes and evolves. But right now this, this works.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, just across the the digital space in general, people are really, they're wanting to see transparency. They're wanting Mm -hmm. to see, you know, vulnerability. They're wanting to really connect with the person and everything that they have to offer. It's not like you have to hide what it is that you're selling anymore. Like people want to hear about what it is that you're doing. And, when you can take them on a journey, and I feel like this is probably what the nurture sequence, you know, leading up to the pitch is for, is you're showing them like, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is who I help. And, you know, here's a little bit about me. You know, you're building that like no trust and you're really, whoops, you're giving them that transparency that they want to see. And then they don't feel like they're being like swindled, <laughs> I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, it doesn't work. And so, especially for women, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So many of mm-hmm. us have these, heart-centered businesses where we serve people and we want to be, you know, a force of good in this world. And like, that doesn't work for how we want to market our businesses.
0: Yeah. So don't hide, don't hide what you're selling. Yeah. I feel like it's put it out there because somebody wants it and they're choosing to stay.
1: Yeah, yes. They're listening to you. And like, you can't help people without like telling them how you can help people. So if our job is to help people, don't, don't hide the program.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hide it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love that so much. So besides, you know, putting some video in there, what other tips or tricks do you have that can inspire them, your leads to kind of stick around, take action buy what you're selling?
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking of some copywriting tips because I think copy is obviously very powerful because everything is copy in the Mm -hmm. online space. Um, using phrases like, so that can be really powerful to show the transformation. So a lot of times, you know, when we're selling, we, as the people delivering the program, we focus on, you get a coaching call every week, you get co-coaches, you have a Facebook group, you get a portal, like that stuff is important because to us, it's important because those are what we have to do. Right. Right. But to our people, they don't care. They care, but they don't really care. They want to know why these things are important, why this is going to help them to get the transformation faster or better. So if you have like a Facebook group, you can say something like you'll be supported daily through a Facebook group so that you're never in the lurches. If you have a question or, you know, whatever the transformation is, what that, what that, so that phrase does is it opens up the, you pair the deliverable with the, the, the outcome. Mm-hmm. So it shows that because of this thing, you can have this result. So that's a really great way to kind of create those connections. I think something else that we need to think about when it comes to copy, and this is something I'm continually working on and something I'm working on a lot this year in Q2, especially is messaging. So messaging is like, my, my coach said this actually to me yesterday. She's like, messaging is the most high maintenance part of your business. It's something you're always going to be working on. It's something you're continually going to be perfecting. And then guess what? Once you think you've perfected it, it's going to change again. Mm -hmm. And so focusing on the symptoms instead of the solution. And she used this analogy. She actually said like, so if you go to the doctor, they're not going to ask you, uh, like if you go to the doctor, because you have a pain in your side, they're not gonna say, what's your diagnosis? They're gonna say, what are your symptoms? And you're gonna say, I have a pain in my side. And they'll say, oh, because of the pain in the side, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do a CAT scan or whatever it is to see if you have this diagnosis. So it's the same thing for our marketing. So talking about you know those very specific pain points our ideal clients have, and even if they don't have them, sharing stories to relate to them can be really powerful. So like sharing about the time that a, sh- a story I share about is, um, a time that I was on a zoom call, literally the rice was burning on the stove. My kid was screaming in the background and like, I was stuck on a zoom call. Cause I had this business that required a lot of me. Mm-hmm. And so that day was really, really stressful and made me realize like, I am not winning at this whole mompreneur life thing going on. Um, so like I share that to help them understand that like, this is the work I did to get these results. And like, this can happen to you. So maybe if they're not exactly like in that, you know, they're not experiencing that exact thing. They at least understand it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, they can, they can take something personal from you and imagine that situation similar in their life. And then that is so Mm -hmm. much more powerful. I I love that you brought that up because I feel like we do focus so much on like the features and not necessarily (laughs) how they help. And, I, I also feel like that makes email marketing so much more fun and creating these funnels so much more fun because you're being yourself and you're, you know, you're, you're talking like you and you're telling these stories and you're painting a beautiful picture around something that you love doing, which is helping people, right. Which is, you know, most of us are in business to help people or provide something for people. And I feel like that just kind of takes the guesswork out of a lot of it too, because you're just being real.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it makes you a real person and people buy from real people.
0: Yep. Yeah. We talk about that all the time around here because (laughs) I think it's so important. It's so important. So when we're talking about funnels, is there like some kind of like secret sauce you can share about like, okay, so I'm getting started with funnels. These are the types of funnels that I need or like the perfect formula for one funnel or anything like that, just to offer some some more insight for somebody who's looking to create.
1: Yeah. So I don't have a perfect formula because everyone's business is different, but I can say this. So inside of your nurture sequence, the goal of your nurture sequence is to create gaps. So let's say you decide I'm going to create a five email nurture sequence. Cool. Okay. So they have the lead magnet and you're going to bring them on a journey. So they go from lead magnet through the nurture sequence, and you want them to have some sort of outcome at the end of the nurture sequence. So what is that outcome? What are, or what are the steps to get there? So email number one delivers a lead magnet. In the lead magnet, you're going to create a gap. So what's the thing, what's the next step for them? What do they need to know? That's what it's in email number two. Email number two, you're going to talk about the thing they need to know. Email number three, you're going to tell them the next thing they need to know. And in every single email, what you want to do after you deliver that content is say, Today we learned this. Today we talked about this topic. Well, you're probably seeing, or if you're anything like the members in my program, another great way to see your program, you're probably realizing this is what's missing now. This is our next step. In tomorrow's email, I'm going to show you how to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it like creating those gaps helps number one, them to actually read and consume the emails. But number two, it helps to create kind of like this process. And even if they don't open up all the emails and read all of the emails. They're at least getting these tidbits of just juicy goodness from you that Mm -hmm. helps them to get some sort of result right there. So those emails should be able to be consumed standalone. Like they should be able, like if you only watch or listen or open email number four, you should still be able to get something from it. But if they consume them sequentially, it creates a more cohesive experience.
0: Okay. That sounds good. So starting out with even just one funnel should set somebody up to like get to where the end result of the goal of a funnel is, right? You don't need like a ton of funnels going at once.
1: No, 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 no. And I actually, like, I don't encourage you guys to have a lot of funnels going at once because you're going to be spread really, really thin. So just work on that initial funnel, like work on the initial nurture sequence Mm -hmm. Implement the habit-based automation and then do a pitch sequence and get that running and going, get it converting, get it profitable, and then build out another funnel. We don't need to have a whole bunch of crazy funnels all over the place because if none of them are working, there's really no point to them. Um, So get that first funnel up and going first and then add the other ones on.
0: Perfect. That makes emailing sounds so much simpler, right? You don't have to do like a million things. You just have to get one in place and that will get you going.
1: Yeah. And like, what if you were to commit to, okay, I am going to get 5,000 people through this funnel this year. And that's Mm -hmm. the goal. How would that change how you focus on that activity inside of your business instead of I'm going to build out 10 funnels this year. That sounds exhausting. Mm -hmm. So what if you just focused on the one funnel doing it well, because that's all you really like really, that's all you really need is the one funnel that gets the job done. Cause when it gets the job done and it's profitable and it sells and it connects you with amazing people, that's really all you need. Um, So yeah, you can have, you know, fancy funnels. You can do all that, but I would really just encourage you, like just focus on one. If we're here to like keep things simple, just keep it simple. Do the work that keeps it simple.
0: That's perfect. And I think, you know, we kind of talked about how people can be overwhelmed or intimidated by emailing. And that just takes... A lot of that pressure off, right? Just to, like you said, keep it simple, get started and grow what that one thing that you started. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for everything that you shared today. This has been so educational. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are like ready to go, rolling up their sleeves, ready to start this email funneling. And I'm so excited to see what people take action from this podcast with. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that information.
1: Well, Megan, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, of course. We're going to switch gears a little bit before you let people know where they can find you and learn more and all of that. And we're going to jump into our hot mess moment. So this is, as the listeners know, my favorite part of the show, because I'm going to invite you to share a time where you have been a total hot mess.
1: Oh my gosh. So I kind of already shared my business one with you guys. So I'll switch and talk about my personal life one. So um, Camden, when he was one, for some reason, our pediatrician was like, I think it's a great idea to send him to the dentist. And I was like, you know, first time mom, no idea. Uh, So we get to the dentist and it's a kid dentist. So I was like, oh, this is, this isn't a big deal. It's cool. Um, And they have this like fish tank in the waiting room. And so Cannon's obsessed with it. He's like, face is like pressed up against the glass. And he's just like enamored by the fish. Cause I don't think he'd actually seen fish up until that point. Yeah. Um, so we're getting him checked in or I'm getting him checked in and we're waiting in the waiting room. And then we get called back. Dude does not want to leave the fish. He is like infatuated <laughs> with the fish. So the dental hygienist, like gets him back there with like a balloon and like stickers and they ask him to sit in the, the chair thing. And he's like, Yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> not <laughs> happening. Not doing that, mom. He looks at me and he's like, No, like very clearly, no. And I was like, Okay, well, let me try to sit with you. So I sit in the chair and they put him on my lap. And dude's just not having it. So he, he starts, like the meltdown starts. And he's like screaming and he bit the dental hygienist, <laughs> which he's never done, like ever, ever, <laughs> and never did it after. Bitter. <laughs> And so they're like, okay, well, this isn't working. And I'm like, yeah, it's not working. <laughs> so We get out into the waiting room and I see the fish. And I'm like, okay, go see the fish, checking out, paying. Cause of course you still have to pay even though nothing happens. Hmm. Um, and so I'm like, all right, buddy, it's time to go. Not leaving, not leaving. So like after like 10 minutes of me, like trying to be nice about it. I'm finally like, okay, like we're just, we're going to pull the bandaid off and do it. So I pick him up and he Freaks like free, like the worst meltdown I've ever seen in my entire life from him. I get him outside and he tries to run away from me, and we're on like a corner of like a street, so it's like actually a problem if he runs away from me. So I grab him and he was like not a small kid. He's like he was like forty pounds at this time, and I'm I'm like five two, not very big. So I get him underneath of my arm and I'm like carrying him like a sack of potatoes and his head's out one side, his rears out the other. He's kicking and screaming and I'm like dragging him to the car. And some guy stops me and he's like, hi. So I just saw you like grab him. He looked like he was running away from you. And like, now you're like forcing him into the car. Is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, oh my fine. he's like, I'm just really concerned for his safety because I don't know if you're his mom. And I was like, uh he, he my kid, like I don't know what else to tell you. I was like, we're going to this car. He's like, I'm gonna need you to wait because I have the police on the way. Because I'm concerned that you're abducting him. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh, <laughs> what? So yep. Yeah. So the police come and they're like asking me all these questions. And he's he's still freaking out, still freaking, acting like he's never seen me before in his entire life. And I've got him under my arm. And so finally I'm like, Can I just put him in the car? So like we're not like you causing harm to him. Cause like, you yeah, know, yeah, I put him in the car and he's screams like, he's never been in the car before. So anyways, long story short, I finally convinced everybody that I was his mom and it took us a good 45 minutes to get him calmed down to get in the car seat. So we could drive the five minutes to back to our house. So
0: yeah, oh. It was a,
1: it was a hot mess moment.
0: <laughs> I'm like speechless right now. I can't even believe that that happened
1: what thanks the gentleman I was like well I mean thanks for being concerned and a concerned citizen (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: you just ruined my day in so many levels (laughs) yeah
0: like what that I have been concerned of that happening to me before like we had an instance I shared it on the podcast where my daughter had a meltdown like that leaving the playground and my husband we, we had walked there. It was like a mile from our house. And so she would not move. We were sitting on the side of the street corner and my husband had to run home, get the car. He like skirted it up, like in the middle of the street, you know, cause at this point we're just like trying to get her car. She's screaming. And I had like thinking to myself, like, yeah. it looks like we're kidnapping this kid. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified that somebody was going to do that, but I've mm-hmm. never heard that happening to anyone before. I can't it believe happened. that. What it a happened, story. Megan
1: oh my gosh, it was glamorous in so many ways,
0: what a story. That's like a story you have to share. Like when he graduates high school, like at his <laughs> wedding, like that is like so good.
1: Oh, it was a day. It was a day. And then I had to go to, I was working at the, I was working like a nine to five at that time. I had to go to work. And,
0: uh,
1: oh gosh. I remember I walked, I was, as te- so I was teaching at the college level and I walked into my classroom and one of my students was like, what's wrong. And I was like, let me tell you a tale. <laughs> And I just like went off totally inappropriate for like teacher, professor, uh, student um, relationship. But I was just like,
0: I got to tell someone. I mean, yeah, that's like a huge, uh, yeah, that's, I can't even believe that. Oh my God. It was crazy. Thank you for sharing that. I have to say that is probably the best hot mess moment story (laughs) we have had on this podcast in almost four years. So Thank you. <laughs> that is so good. I'm glad I can do that for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, I'm like speechless. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap it up. So uh, before you tell everybody where they can find you, I just wanted to let everybody know if you tuned in last week, you heard Kylie on talking about the pregnant CEO summit. And we are actually both speakers at that summit. And so I just wanted to let you know if you want to hear more from Allison, you can join that summit as well. Because are you going to be sharing email funnels there too?
1: Oh yes. Yes, yes. Kylie and I had an amazing chat about email funnels. So I'm super excited to share.
0: Awesome. So yes, make sure you check out that summit. It is coming up. By the time you hear this, it will be next week. And we'll put links and everything like that in the show notes. So Please tell everybody where they can find you and how they can support your business and learn more from you.
1: Yeah. So I have a podcast that's called the six figure mompreneur podcast. I would love for you to listen. It's on all the places, anywhere you find podcasts. It's there, um, on Instagram. I love to hang out on Instagram. It's Allison with two L's and an I underscore Hardy underscore. And then I have a free gift for you guys. It's the $80,000 email. And this is a template and an example of the email that brought in $80,000 in sales in 2021. Um, it's normally something I only share with my clients, but I'm super excited to share with you guys. So you can download that and get your email and use it inside of your um, email funnel or your open cart sequence.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. And your program that you offer, are you enrolling right now or when can people, when and where can people check that out?
1: Yeah, we are all evergreen. So it's called the six figure mompreneur method. And in it, we help you automate and systemize your audience growth, your lead generation, and your email funnels, because you need all three in order to make. Everything work together. So we help you build a comprehensive ecosystem that works in the background while you actually live your life and we help you scale your business that way.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. That sounds incredible. So make sure you go check that out. Give Allison a follow. Stay tuned for that pregnant CEO summit that we're going to be speaking at together. And you can find everything we talked about today in the show notes, all the links, the gift, everything. So thank you so, so much for coming on today. Thank
1: you for having me, Megan.